Welcome to Living Well with Rentwell, the podcast for anybody who's thinking about getting into real estate, in real estate, and wants to take their game to the next level. I'm your co-host, TJ Hawk. And I am your co-host, Rob Coldwell. Welcome to another episode of Living Well with Rentwell. I'm your co-host, TJ Hawk. With us today is Kyle. Kyle, how are you? Fine. Thanks, TJ. Thanks for having me. Of course. So Kyle is a, a fellow real estate investor, property management owner, entrepreneur. And today we're just going to talk a little bit about the industry and what we're seeing with some of the changes that are coming our way. But before we dig into that, Kyle, why don't you share a little bit about yourself and your background? Sure. Um, uh, so many, many moons ago, I um, uh, uh, attended, I ended up going to University of Pennsylvania. So I was very fortunate to get into Penn. But the reason I'm telling you this is there was a guy that was at that university or not, he wasn't there, but he graduated there, a guy by the name of Donald Trump, right? So everybody knows Donald Trump. Oh, yeah. And the thing was, they had a picture of him. When I, when I first arrived, they had a picture of him up on the wall and he was kicking butt. And then he got into some heat, got into some trouble. And so they took the picture down off the wall. And it's because he had bankruptcy issues and all, all types of craziness. But when you're in your 20s, right, you know you can conquer the world, right? Nothing can stop you when you're in your 20s. And so I looked at this guy and I'm like, look, if this guy can kick butt in real estate, why can't I, right? We, all, we always kind of think that way when we're in our 20s. And right. we really should have that attitude in our entire lives. Like, like, like why not me? So um, I just found an incredible passion for real estate. It excited me. It got me fired up. I just thought it was the coolest thing in the world. And so I started reading books. I, 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 when I finished school, I, uh, I was uh, selling paper, toilet paper, actually, um, for this company called Scott Paper Company, like Kimberly Clark. So I was selling toilet paper during the day. And then I would go home and read books on real estate, specifically like no money down, because you have no dough also in your oh. 20s, or at least I, I didn't have any dough. So I started reading books like no money down uh, by Robert Allen and and just kind of what, you know, what second mortgages are, people that would hold a second, that type of thing. And I could read TJ all night long. Literally, I could start the book and literally the, it would, it, the, the, the sun would start coming up and I would go back to work. Now I didn't do that like every night, but there were, there were times where I was so engaged. So I ended up buying my first piece of property. Um, I still talk about it, you know, just on, 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 on a lot of podcasts, 142 Patterson Avenue in Patterson, New Jersey. And it was a duplex and I Google it once in a while and I'll look at it. And, um, and, and that allowed me to understand all of the good things about real estate, but also some of the tough times, right? Um, uh, not, uh, not underwriting a tenant properly, um, uh, putting the wrong type of debt on the property, not necessarily buying it at the right price. But even when you do all of those jacked up things, time, you know, especially when you're in your 20s, time cures everything on a rental property rents will eventually go up, right? You'll learn how to underwrite tenants. You'll learn about different repairs. So there are a lot of things that that property taught me. Um, and, and, and really that property was the catalyst 
for me buying more and more properties, uh, learning about real estate syndications, ending up managing thousands of units and, 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 and you know, owning a substantial portfolio and helping others to, to, to do the same. So, um, you know, I, I've been in the business now for, for, for almost 30 years. I did it right out of school. And, um, you know, li li life is good. And so I just, I want to share whatever I can to inspire people and to make sure that they make good decisions um, uh, so that they can generate all of the wealth they need uh, to support themselves and their family. I love that. I love that. And what's inspiring is that it, it's, to your point, if, if you have the right mindset, you, you can do it in your twenties or even, you know, well, as young as you want. Uh, you know, I think it's also assessing what's your risk and how much risk are you willing to take? And, but, and then at a certain point, it's just, you, you jump in. Right. And I, I, I think we're going to start to, well, I'd be curious to hear your thoughts. I think we're going to start to find some more that what we call accidental landlords, you know, tried to sell their property, couldn't, or maybe they didn't get what they, the offers weren't what they were hoping for. So they're going to hold on to the property. And it seems like more people are starting to travel again for work. Maybe they go overseas for two years. They don't want to sell the house. So they're choosing to rent it until they come back. And, but for anybody who's looking to start out in real estate, specifically owning real estate as an investment property, what, what kind of advice would you have for them? What, what would you tell them to look for? Yeah. So, if I were to buy my first piece of property, if I were looking to purchase my first piece of property, um, I really believe the best way to begin is with a simple single family home. And the reason I believe that is it's something that everybody listening can identify with. Um, now, there's certain things that I, you know, if we go into a little bit more detail that I would prefer brick or, or uh, a brick coating as opposed to something that I could paint. I'd want a single floor home and um, uh, uh, preferably um, uh, something maybe um, th that isn't too large, something that maybe is a small three bedroom, one and a half bath brick rancher. And it's something, you know, we don't have, there are not a lot of things that can go wrong with that property. Um, the other piece is if I make mistakes on it, all right, because we're all ready to make, we're all going to make mistakes. We just, you just are, right? It's a new venture. I don't have to put myself in a position that if things go sideways, I can't bail myself out. And what do I mean by bail myself out? So when I made my, when I, did my first investment, um, I picked the wrong tenants. I picked the ones um, that had money right there in their pocket oh, to yeah. pay me the first month rent, right? Now, the good news is I knew that that would at least cover me for 30 days. And that's what I was worried about was next month's mortgage. And it did just that. Now, unfortunately, you know, I ended up really... Uh, having to take a second job, which I was going to, you know, which it's okay. Right. So you take a second job, all right, to pay for the mortgage because you, you screwed up and you made a mistake. You can do that on a single family home. Now I'm not saying you're going to like it, right. 
but you can at least make ends meet. If you start, you know, with a quad or a, you know, commercial building, you know, and, and you, you've now made a several thousand dollar a month mistake, that, 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 that is going to feel uncomfortable. The other reason for me, TJ, I love starting off trying to do a little bit on your own is because you will then decide if you love dealing with tenants every day or you don't love or you think that you can appreciate all of the stories that they tell you about, well, they, you know, they're, um, you know, one of the things that I always find interesting from some of our clients is they'll say, well, well, ask if somebody doesn't pay rent, ask them when they're going to pay it. And then, you know, oh, they're going to pay it this Friday. Oh, terrific. I'll, I'll expect the money this Friday. I said, look, it doesn't just because they say they're going to pay it this Friday. Like, wh why would you believe that to be true? Like, so anyway, um, all of these experiences you get when you buy and try to manage it on your own. I, you know, that, that, that's a suggestion that I would have just getting going. Yeah, I think that's one of the best pieces of education, even if you want to look at it that way is it's like paying for a class or a course or whatever, you know, it's buy that property and learn from it. Um, speaking of property management specifically, do you see any changes coming in the industry between what just things that are happening in the economy? And, you know, there's a lot of different, all these rates are being hiked up. I'll use the word inflation. Um, you know, the demands for home buying versus looking for apartments to rent. How, how do you see this affecting the property management industry? Right. So this is a really exciting time for property management, or I would say over the next year to two years. And why? Because it's going to be incredibly dynamic. Um, you're going to have just, you have rates going up. Okay. That is going to create um, less of a demand for goods and services. I'm not sharing anything with any, you know, with, with that, that, that anybody on this call shouldn't think, Hey, that makes sense. Right. If you have the costs of money increasing, that should reduce demand for goods and services. That also means that there will be an unemployment tick up at some point. That's, that's, that's what that's what's going to slow down inflation. There's no other way to do it that I'm aware of. So with that being said, there's going to be there are going to be tenants that are going to struggle paying their rent. There are going to be some owners that may have trouble making a mortgage payment if they have a tenant that is not paying rent because the cost of maybe their mortgage is increasing if they have an adjustable. All of these things create opportunities for bright property management companies, and there's more value for that for that uh, that management company. Um, how do you deal with a tenant that's not paying? How do you you know a lot of individuals and these are owners. Owners say, "Oh my goodness, we don't want to evict you know little Johnny," and it's kind of like, "Look." Um, we're going to start down this process, but little Johnny isn't getting evicted like next week. Little Johnny, it's going to take some time, right? And so we need to walk down a certain process. And if things work out for little Johnny, that little Johnny can pay rent to help you pay your mortgage, that's terrific. If it's not, we 
Johnny needs to figure out his own problems without accruing more rental payments, right? So, so you're helping him out. And so you need to make sure that everybody understands. I mean, this isn't, we're not, we're, we're trying to create solutions that work for both parties. So, I mean, it may feel uncomfortable, but those are, that's the value, all right, that management companies that have had this experience and have dealt with tens of thousands of individuals, you know, in, 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 in many years that we can figure out these solutions together, but that's why we're here to be that counselor. Yeah. Yeah. It is hard because it, you, you hear so many stories over the years. You, you try not to be too, I suppose, transactional or you still want to have some kind of empathy in the conversation. You know, I think that helps with negotiating of collecting rent, Absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, but at the same time, it's, uh, it can be a tough spot to be in. I think being a property manager is very unique because it's a little bit of sales and it's also, you, you have to have really thick skin to be in that, you know, and our, I'm sure you see this too. It's the biggest challenge is how do you, if I'm a property manager, how do I get off a call with an owner or a resident who's irate now go back to my team and have a conversation to, to resolve the issue, but not be elevated to the point. Like how, how do you not associate with their intensity and then bring that into your own team or maybe even home? You know, I, I still know of a lot of property management companies who are working remotely for the most part. And, um, I, I, you know, I just, I think it's a challenging spot to be in. Yes. So I will now, now again, I'm going to share with you. I'll say, do as I say, not as I do. So I can be a very passionate, emotional person where you can hear it in my voice. So I don't do it all day long. However, when we coach up and what we have on our whiteboards, okay, is, you know, our goal is to make a positive difference in your life. Or my goal is to provide you great customer service. So I say that to start the conversation off. Okay. Um, uh, we have a client right now that's having some difficulties. And, you know, my comment to them was, I said, look, our goal is to provide you an incredible experience. So that's the goal. So let's get on a phone call and let's figure out what we can do to create that outcome. Hmm. Now, it doesn't mean that during the call, you're not providing them some uncomfortable news, but if I don't provide you that uncomfortable news, we can't figure out a solution. Um, I, I was in healthcare for a number of years and my comment to some individuals, and this may sound uh, extremely, I don't want to say crass, but some may, some of your listeners may believe so. My comment to a lot of owners is, look, if you have a tumor, I want to let you know that you have a tumor and that it's malignant, but that we can figure out a treatment plan to try to create a cure. There's, there's no guarantee, but this, I said, so you wouldn't want me to not tell you that you have a tumor and they'll, and, and that usually you start listening to those types of words and you, you kind of are like, Oh shoot, this, eh, okay. I hear you. 
Yeah. And so that's some of the conversations that, that I may have with a client. But I use that exact term, tumor, because people understand what a tumor is. Yeah. And um, they, they, they don't, you know, I don't think people want that hidden from them. Yes. That's our job. You know, that's, that's our job. job to... So I guess coming back to your experience, then property management and, you know, you like the space, you like investing, you like management. Uh, what do you like the most about it? Because there's there's so many different facets of management and investing. And like what what really gets you excited in the space? Wow. Okay. So the number one thing that gets me super jazzed is taking, so I love numbers. So this may sound weird, but taking a profit and loss statement that is ugly and making it pretty. And everything that's involved with that is a great feeling to me. So um, it could be that people aren't enjoying, let's say it's a small apartment building and that building is empty, right? So you fill that apartment building up and you get a nice top line revenue. Um, it could be um, uh, taking a look at um, economical ways to create curb appeal. So even though you're, um, uh, maybe it's that the exterior needs to be painted. And so we'll, we're going to paint it. And then we get a little bit more rent coming in and it looks attractive. It could be... Um, creating more of a demand for a product. And we do that by, uh, again, if it's a, a, a larger multifamily, hey, let's do a really cool model and let's drive revenue up. So a lot of times though, at the end of the day, I get really excited about here's what something looked like before and here's what it looks like now. It's kind of that, that mm -hmm. you know, give me a train wreck. And, um, and, and, and let me see what I can do with it. That gets me more jazzed than, than anything else. Yeah. Well, Hey, and this is the space for it too, because you can see real life, just if you take something as simple as gross rents, if it is a multifamily property, what was it before? And maybe throw in their rent collection, right? And now what are your gross rents and what's your rent collection? And I think it also feels good that you've helped if, if you're not the owner of the property, you're managing it on behalf of the client. It feels good. It's, it really is. An, is it's an act of service. You know, you've, you've helped their net worth, you've helped their investment and perhaps they can take some cash out of that, go invest in, in another property. And, um, it, it can be very rewarding. I think, I think a lot of times property management is seen as like the redheaded stepchild of the real estate space. And let's beat down the property managers, you know, low as they can go on management fees. And, but I do believe that for the really good companies like yourself and ours, and there's plenty other out there that when you show that you care and you show that you really do want to help them succeed and help them continue to acquire other investment properties, Hopefully, slowly but surely, we can start to shift how this space is seen, that we really are an asset to them and not just an expense. Yeah. So it's so funny you bring that up. Um, TJ, I get, yeah, I, get, yeah, I get jazzed about this. So, so I'll share with my clients. I go, look, by the way, you know, so if you're a client, I go, TJ, look, you know, I know, right, that I'm, you're always going to want more rent, 
right? That's not a secret. You know, that's what I'll say to the client, you know? And, and by the way, whatever dollar we spend on the property, it, it's too much money, right? So, um, so, and I say, it's the same thing for me. So I'll, I'll, I say, you know, I look, cause we, you know, we do our own maintenance and I'll look and I'll say, man, I go, guys, I go, why did it cost me, you know, $700 to put in this flipping water heater? Like, like, why does it cost so much money or why does it cost? I just, just pick anything. It doesn't matter what the expense is, right? It drives yeah. me absolutely bananas. But, um, and so I also know that and internalize that and share that with the clients. Look, I know it. You're, we're, we're never going to collect enough revenue, right? It can always be more. And, uh, you know, and kind of the joke is, well, you're hundred percent full, you know, I guess we should be raising the rents, right? Yeah. So, um, so I get all that and, you know, you do it, do it for a while. There are going to be some people that are incredibly appreciative, which is why people should try to do it on their own first, because those people are really appreciative. Those are the ones that will thank you and thank you and thank you. Um, yes. uh, the individuals that don't have a tremendous amount of management experience, just think, you know, when, when the, when the tenant says they're going to bring the rent in on Friday and they don't bring it on Friday. And then they're like, well, what's wrong with you? And it's a, well, we, what's wrong? We, we just cause the tenant didn't bring in the, why did you think the tenant was going to bring in the rent? You know? Yeah. So, so when you, when you do it, um, then, then you can appreciate it. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. You know, that makes me think what, uh, so we had talked a little earlier about accidental landlords. What, what value can property managers bring to these maybe first time investor or, Hey, I really did want to, or maybe I inherited the property and I don't know what to do with it. I'm not an investor mindset, but I have this asset. How do I know what a good property manager is or a good company? Like, what are they looking for? What are maybe some of the questions that they could ask? So in, in our research on working with what we call accidental landlords, we think that it's critical to have continual communication mm. and continual education on what things are going to feel like. One of the things that I share with our team is understand investments are money and money. There are two things and anybody in the company, I shouldn't say anybody, hopefully just about anybody in my company, when you say money, what do we talk about about money? What are the two things about money? Money is personal and money is emotional. It is always personal and emotional. And so I think, again, a, a strong property manager will communicate and assuage concerns around um, around money and trying to, to, to really work through those, those emotions. Um, and, and again, it's really, it's educating, uh, that individual, um, from a question standpoint, I think you, 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 I, th I think it's more important to know that someone is always going to be there to share information, communicate that information, because if somebody doesn't pay rent, or if there is an expense, it's still, all of that's going to be emotional. And I don't think you can do, you're going to have to have some phone time. 
it can't be just an email or a text that doesn't get it done for the accidental landlord. It just doesn't. Agreed. Are you finding it hard to find, uh, as you go through the hiring process, I'll, <laughs> I'll just use the word, the younger generation, right? Maybe 30 years and, and under and whatever category that falls into for the generation. Has it been a challenge for you to get them to get on the phone and call clients and have the difficult conversations instead of hiding behind text or email or I'm just curious because we find that to be it's a real challenge. Yeah. So in that interviewing process, and it's funny, I, I I didn't think about the age of some of the individuals and they're probably a little bit older. I didn't didn't think about that. But we we I remember having a what we call a an owner relations um, or client relations specialist. And she was like, yeah, um, I don't like using the phone and I'll text people and I'll do this. And I was like, look, that's, that's not going to work for, for me. Like, that's just, that's my non-negotiable. The other part, which we did is we put basically time quotas on the phone. So you have to spend a certain amount of time on the phone and we did that so that um we really looked for individuals that are willing to talk are willing to listen which you know we go through active listening so we talk about trying to understand i'm looking at my whiteboard right now when we listen we try to understand the facts we try to understand the emotions and try to understand the values of our clients and what's important to them and we coach and teach it up because you're right a lot of people really, really, really struggle with uh, with wanting to spend time on the phone. But that's, ooh, you 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 hit a that's a that's a big one, TJ. You're right. Well, especially for a service based company, you know, we 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 don't sell a product that sits on the shelf and somebody buys it and walks away. It's it's relationship. It's continual, and you know that I, I'd be curious to do you see any changes or maybe even opportunities for property management companies um, just in, in their levels of service, right? Like there's a lot of change in the industry that seems to be coming up with using virtual assistants more, or maybe some AI technology or some automation. Uh, we kind of say in our office that speed is the currency. Speed is the money is, you know, that the faster you can respond and get information to people, the happier the clients are, the happier the, the residents are. Are you seeing a shift at all in some of the levels of service that property management companies are doing today? Oh man, you're getting me all excited. I, I know I said that a few times because you, you talk about good stuff. So what we've talked about and one of our pushes this year is we, there, 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 well, there are three pushes we have. We have communication, we have technology, and we have training. And so all of the things that I'm focused on this year deals with that. Now, the reason I bring this up, the technology side, we do believe in AI. We do believe technology will allow us to do things faster. But the key is if we can do things faster and quicker with the same amount of people, hmm. all right, we should have more time to commit and dedicate to our relationships. 
because that's exactly what it's about. It's about that flipping relationship. And um, it's interesting when you have relationships, you will have higher levels of trust. Uh, and I say, I say that because when you're asking somebody to spend $3,000 on an expense, but you haven't been talking to them for a year or you haven't been talking, they're like, who the hell is this guy? And why is he? But if you're able to speak with them on a monthly or a quarterly basis and you go through a PL, a profit and loss statement, or you say, hey, this is what's going on um, in the economy or, hey, lead flow has dropped down. We, you know, we understand that, um, you know, your property is full, but here's some trends that we're seeing. And you have time for those phone calls. Oh. That, then, then people trust you. So let's use technology and training, okay, to have higher productivity, which means that we can spend time on relationships because that's what it's about. It's about that relationship. Yeah. You know, you mentioned training. For us, that is uh, just kind of as you got excited there about the question with AI and technology. And uh, for us, training, it maybe this sounds almost naive, but it just really was an aha over the last year of not just the training when you have, when you onboard a new team member, but just the ongoing training, you know, Gary Keller from Keller Williams said, we we're a training company that just happens to sell real estate. And I feel like, again, being a service-based industry, and it sounds like you're there, you know, already, but the, the training is so important particularly just the ongoing and not talking about like your annual fair housing and all that kind of stuff, but more just the, the soft skill That's right. type stuff. And, and, and it's interesting, TJ, you bring that up because here's, and all this stuff, you know, I'm a salesman. So, you know, some of this stuff, I, it took me a while to get, but you know, if my core value is with one of my core values is integrity, 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 integrity. I, I can't, I'm not necessarily with the property manager or the client relations manager, but if they understand that integrity is what the company is about and they have to make a decision, that decision should be backed by integrity. Okay. And so you have to train it and repeat it over and over again. So they understand, all right, that, Hey, maybe, you know, Kyle's not around or my manager's not around, but I know this is the right thing to do because this is supportive of integrity. So that's the type of training that, you know, you got, you got to make sure people take care of and, and, and maintain those strong relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Kyle, as, as we come to a, an end here, just do you have any words of wisdom that you would share with? an up and coming real estate investor, uh, maybe some other property management, you know, experts who want to learn more, just any words of wisdom for them. Uh, yeah. So th this is probably the words of wisdom for not only property management or real estate investing. Do what you really, really love. And I know it sounds you know, just old school and people will say that all the time, but the, the, if, if you, if you enjoy managing that home or enjoy, you know, um, uh, 
being a landlord, like you truly enjoy it, you know, then it's not going to feel like a lot of work and, um, and you'll continually do it. If it's something that you dread doing every day, find something else to do. Don't do the crap that you, you hate getting up in the morning. Um, and, 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 and think just because you can make a million bucks at it, that, that that's what you need to be doing. And I, and I know that's hard um, advice when you're struggling, but just, I'm, I'm telling you, that's not going to work out the right way. So just make sure whether it's real estate investing or helping others in another way, that that's truly your passion. And I'm telling you, man, you won't get enough of it. It'll be, it'll be like a drug. You'll be, you'll be high all day long. So, yeah. um, so anyway, that's, that's my words of wisdom. Hopefully this um, podcast makes a positive impact on, on the listeners, uh, on some listeners and that we, you know, I've, I've been able to touch some lives here. Well, I, I certainly appreciate you sharing all your knowledge and your 30 years of being in the industry. I, this could go on for two hours yeah, <laughs> or more. Uh, how, how would anybody, if a listener wanted to get a hold of you and connect with you, what would be the best way for them to do that? So the easiest way is just going to the website, krsholdings.com, and then just looking for Kyle Stevenson, and then you can click on the thing. I, the, the email is like 100 letters long, so it's, it's easier to just click on the link. Go to krsholdings.com, and, um, and, I, and I have someone also that looks at my emails you know, throughout the day, so you know, that hopefully you know, we can uh, respond and, and, and help you out if you need help. Beautiful. Kyle, I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to meet with us and just have a conversation and look forward to catching up with you soon. Good stuff. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to Living Well with RentWell. We hope you loved that episode. Please be sure to head over to our website at rentwell.com backslash vision. We're giving away our free program called Vision Through Purposeful Action. If you're a busy person, if you struggle with finding the time and priorities, or if you're experiencing procrastination and overwhelm, this free course will help you with that. We wish you a blessed day. Thank you for tuning in and check in later.